This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Fox Hill, Victoria, Australia, on Ash Wednesday, March the 2nd, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commanded ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labours, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honour and dishonour, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see, we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as have nothing and yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Lent is not about achieving, it's about receiving. From 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20b to 21. We entreat you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And we gather here on Ash Wednesday at the very beginning of the season of Lent, a special season of preparation for Holy Week. And there are many traditions and rituals associated with Lent that were quite foreign to me in my church life back in New Zealand. If as a teen I'd been asked what I was going to give up for Lent, what? I would have said that I was neither Catholic nor Greek Orthodox. Lutherans are free to pick up or refrain from such man-made rituals, and there was some local determination not to act like Catholics. We did, however, attend Lenten Bible studies and midweek services. There were choir rehearsals and preparations for Holy Week and Easter. 
In Adelaide, when we came to Australia in, uh, in the 90s, many people seemed quite aware of the Lenten season. But these days, if you hop into a taxi or an Uber, the discussion is highly unlikely to turn to, what are you giving up for Lent, mate? As it was back then. The conversation is more likely to turn to the crisis in Ukraine, the price of petrol, or the floods in Queensland and in New South Wales. Now, we've already heard the prophet Joel called God's people to repent and to return to him. And the call to repent is a fitting one for all generations. The shadow of dark minds turned from God, the rejection of God by this, as with previous generations, and the threat to our faith when attacked by the spirit of this age, we indeed need to repent and to seek God. We've seen many war images. There was a there were images of war. Was it, a, was it a swarm of locusts descending on Israel or an army? Perhaps the Philistines were coming. But God called the people to repent and it was not, not too late. He may turn away his anger and spare them. We've seen some images on our televisions. Those many Russian attack helicopters flying seemed like a swarm of locusts to me. War images alarm religious people and atheists alike. We should also be alert and fully aware that a spiritual war is going on around us and within us. And in a battle to overcome the enemy, we might be tempted to seek God through personal pious activity in this season. But Jesus warns us in tonight's Gospel of Matthew that even godly activities, expressing faith in God and serving a neighbour, can be misused to promote the self rather than God's righteousness. Prayer, giving to the poor, or fasting can be turned into a shameful display of sinful self-promotion rather than the genuine seeking of God and his holiness. And so Jesus encourages his followers to do so, such things in secret, not for show. Yes, there is some danger and taking on rituals of the Lenten season, for they can easily be mistaken, mistakenly regarded as a means of gaining merit or favour with God. The intent of these spiritual practices is to actually point to the opposite. We do not need to gain or prove our goodness to anyone, ourselves, our neighbours, and certainly not God by giving of alms, offering up special prayers or meditations, or giving up pleasures of of basics of life, God has already given us his favour, freely. The season of Lent is actually about rediscovering the gift of grace given to sinners, of receiving rather than doing, receiving rather than achieving. And even in the giving of alms and acts of charity, the focus is always on what God has already wonderfully given to us. We have already received the fullness of his grace and it is not to be exchanged for works-based righteousness. My feeble efforts at holiness and doing good are like filthy rags in the presence of the undeserved grace that God is giving me in his Son. And Jesus wasn't given as a mere token, an example to follow to or to inspire us, but given unto death to achieve things impossible for us to earn or achieve. The forgiveness of sins, 
the gift of the Holy Spirit who transforms hearts and of, of a new life and salvation, righteousness and status before angels and all creation as the children of God. These things we cannot achieve ourselves. Misunderstandings about liturgical, the liturgical seasons and spiritual practices in his day had Luther write and proclaim with pastoral concern. And I quote from Luther, Lent has become mere mockery because our fasting is a perversion and an institution of man. For although Christ did fast 40 days, yet there is no word of his that he requires us to do the same and fast as he did. Indeed, he did many other things which he wishes us not to do. But whatever he calls us to do or leave undone, we should see to it that we have his word to support our actions. But worst of all is that we have adopted and practiced fasting as a good work, not to bring our flesh into subjection, but as a meritorious work before God to atone for our sins and obtain grace. And it is this that has made our fasting a stench so blasphemous and shameful so that no drinking and eating, no gluttony and drunkenness could have been as bad and foul. Wow, classic Luther. He puts us right without holding back. He says, we shouldn't sweat over good works as something that needs to be achieved. Even good works done with reluctant compliance to what the law requires or to impress others, such things are worthless. Lent isn't about achieving. It's about receiving. If we want to give up things during Lent, it must be done for the purpose of drawing us to depend more closely on Christ and his righteousness, of reflecting on our need for Jesus to restore us, to restore our broken relationships and to reconcile us to God. God's Spirit enables us to know that we are made right with God and to want to freely to respond to his first serving us. And so this Lenten season, our congregation is entering a season of service and thanksgiving, service and mission. And this Sunday, March 6th, is, is appointed as a service Sunday where we will all be encouraged to focus on how we can serve God through our ministries and witness to the world. Some may pursue a paid role, but for most of us it's about being willing volunteers, contributing our gifts and time in response to God's love. We are each part of St. Paul's shared response to God serving one another and those around our church and beyond. Witnessing to the truth of God's love in Jesus Christ for all people. Tonight marks the beginning of the 40 days of the Lenten season, where the church revisits Jesus' walk to the cross and journeys with him on it. And in this liturgical season, Christians from ancient times receive something else, the sign of the cross, marked with ashes on their forehead. The right of receiving the mark of ashes is not for the purpose of self-righteous public display. Although, if you forget that it's on your forehead tonight and you turn up at one of the servos and pay for your petrol, you may get some strange looks. No, it's not about self-righteous public display. In fact, it is the opposite. 
we agree that we have no righteousness within ourselves whatsoever. The application of ashes proclaimed that we share in the same sinful human nature as Adam and Eve. And just as they were created from dust or ash, and to dust they will return, the ashes proclaim us, God's just, upon us, God's just sentence of death, and that we too will return to dust. And this rite is called the imposition of the ashes. Because the mark is imposed on us from outside, it's placed on us from outside of ourselves. Not as a reward, but because of our need. The light of God's commandments, we all have great need for a saviour to bring us righteousness before God, a righteousness that we cannot achieve ourselves. And we are declared and made righteous only through faith in the righteous Son of God. So receiving the ashes on our forehead in the shape of a cross proclaims the love and grace God has had for us in Christ and, and that although we will return to dust, Christ has redeemed us by his holy and precious blood and washed away all our sins. And so the sign of the cross also reminds us of the sign of the cross made on our foreheads in our baptism. The sign that Christ the crucified has redeemed you personally. And through his work and suffering on the cross, Christ has claimed a victory over sin and death. And those remaining in Christ will not be lost to God. When he returns in glory, he will raise us up on the last day and take us and all his faithful people to share in his glory forever. And so the sign of the cross also reminds us that at the font, we receive the redemption and resurrection power of Jesus personally. We became citizens of his coming kingdom. The same power is at work in us still, leading us to drown the sinful nature each day and to rise to a newness of life in Christ so that we do not, so that we do not receive God's grace in vain. We are constantly reminded that this is gift, 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 not something I have earned. May our Lenten rituals and practices serve to reinforce this truth. The solid ground of salvation is God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So pray with me as I lead you. Most loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace, giving us freely in Christ that which we could never earn or achieve. We thank you for the gift of Christ's cross where he has served us through the rejection and the punishment that we deserved in order to deliver us from all evil. Through his perfect obedience and victory over all wrongs, we have received his righteousness when we had none of our own. So by your Holy Spirit, may we live in the fullness of that wonderful everlasting gift and never trade it for a fleeting worldly reward. Bless all who serve humbly out of love and graciously within our congregation. Help us to further respond generously within our, within our season of service and thanksgiving. With the mission of your gospel reaching the ears and hearts of those who are yet to know your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.